Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. The topic we'll look at today is about the the energizing of God, so to speak. It's God working in you, and it's from a passage in Philippians, which will be the main text for what we'll be looking at, but it really kind of gives the details of what is God doing around you, in you, etc. We're going to see the process here and how it relates to what we pray for, what we can expect for in our answers to prayer. We want to see change in the immediate world and environment and relationships around us. So the first passage will be Philippians chapter 2 and verses 11, 12, and 13, or really 12 and 13. Philippians 2, 12, and 13. And again, we're looking at what we'll explain in a minute about God's energizing work, his work in you, a little bit about what that entails and and why that is. Why is he doing it this way? Why is that the process? So very important topic as uh, in the Christian journey, you need to know what God's work is. And again, it's going to relate to your prayers and how he answers them as well. So starting Philippians 2 verse 12, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He's saying, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Verse 13 will really be the crux of what we're talking about today. But you see in there in the end of verse 12 that he says, Work out your own salvation, which is a very important principle you might not have heard of before or heard it this way, even if you're familiar with this verse. He's not saying that you're doing some type of work to receive salvation. No, salvation is by faith in Jesus. But he's saying here, once you have the salvation, work it out, so to speak. Work out your own salvation. There's a work to do once we're in the relationship with Christ. Once we're in Christ and him and us, there's a work for us to do. There's really different depths and dimensions of salvation, more than just securing eternal life or you know, getting into heaven when he returns. There's more to salvation in this life and working out your own salvation to get all the blessings, all the graces, all the benefits that God has placed in salvation. He needs you to work it out. He has work for you to do. He has a purpose. He has a value for you. So this is very important because sometimes people can receive the life of Jesus, become born again, but they they stay in this infancy state. They don't know to work out their own salvation. They don't know that there's a process of development in this journey. You're not just biding your time until Christ returns. There's a work for you to do. I kind of like to picture it this way. Once you accept Jesus and you're born again, made me think of this question, why aren't you, you know, immediately transferred, translated to heaven? Why are you still on this earth where there's pain and suffering and darkness and toil? These things that we go through even as Christians, and the Bible's clear about that. We're not exempted from those things. It's a consequence of this world, and we're still living in this world. So how come we've started this new life in Christ? Why are we still in this earth, in this planet, experiencing these different things? Well, because there's a work for us to do. That good news we received that caused us to believe in Jesus and accept him for our salvation, we're to take that to the world. We have a purpose to take the gospel to the ends of the earth which will hasten the second coming of Jesus. That's his own word saying that there's this work to do in order to bring about the second coming. So there's a work for us to do here. You have a direct and important and super relevant purpose in your generation. That's why you're still here on earth, even though it says you're a citizen of heaven as a Christian. So that's important to know. Otherwise, you won't be purposeful in your living 
You'll go about your daily and normal life that looks like just like everyone else's, biding your time until Christ returns or until the end of your life here. But if you're not fulfilling your purpose, you're not walking in the steps a Christian should be walking in, why we're still here, although we're citizens of heaven. So this is just a little look into that and what God's work is in you so that you can do the work for him he's commissioned for you. So it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Not that we're scared of God in that type of way, but it's a very high level of reverence, respect, submission. And he explains why you have this kind of reverence that he describes as fear and trembling. He says, for it is is God who works in you. And this is where I get the energized topic or theme. It's this Greek word, energio, where we get the word energized or energy from. And it's God's spirit energizing you, working in you. It's really the definition of it is bringing something from one stage to the next. So it's not just supplying you with an energy, so to speak. He's literally doing a work in you to take you from stage to stage of your development, taking you to higher and higher purposes, working out more of your salvation, getting deeper into the things of Christ that you now live in. So this is the work he's doing in you. You're not called, even though it says work out your own salvation, this isn't a work you're doing on your own. It says there's something for you to do. There's an involvement of you, but it's God who's at work in you. When you receive Jesus, you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He came to live and abide with you forever. And God's telling us, by my very spirit in you, this work is being done. And he wants us to be aware and cognizant of the process so that we can participate in it, so that we don't hinder it, so that we're going through all the development and able to use it for greater purposes. And again, sometimes we don't even know the purposes individually. We might know the overall calling of the Christian life. But for us as individuals, why, what walk of life does God want me in? You know, What city? What this? What that? There's a lot of different areas of life God sends us into in order to reach people in a variety of ways. And for you, trying to identify your individual purpose, you might be wondering, how do I even come up with that? How do I know where God wants me specifically to be? Well, part of it is you have to subscribe to this process, his working in you. First, with these scriptures, and that's the point of this episode, you have to start to become knowledgeable about what he's doing in you and why he's doing it so that you can participate. You can let it continue so that you don't hinder it because God's not going to send you into a purpose or an assignment for the kingdom if he hasn't equipped you for it, if he hasn't developed and prepared you for it from the inside out, starting in your spirit and your heart and your mind. So don't think God's just going to drop some big assignment on you and expect you to figure it out. First, he's going to develop you up to that stage and then reveal you for that responsibility, reveal you for that stage when he believes you to be ready after his process. So again, it's important to know this. So sometimes your purpose isn't realized. You haven't become aware of why you were even born into this generation or what specifically God wants to do with your life because you haven't let his development of character, of will, of desires, of thinking happen in you. So that's what this is about, that process. He wants to get you to the point where he can begin use you at higher levels. So the purpose will come. God will make your purpose known very clearly. But subscribe to the development he's doing in you, the growth, the discipline he's doing in you, so that your character is in line with Jesus, so that when those purposes and responsibilities and opportunities come, you'll have no trouble taking advantage of them. So again, it's this word, energio, or energizing, God working in you. And in the Amplified Version, it says it like this. uh, It says verse 13 like this in the Amplified. He's creating in you the longing and ability. 
because he says he's at work both to do two things. He wants to will and to do for his good pleasure. So this is amazing. God's at work in you in order to work through you. Because he says he's doing a work in you so that he can, one, express his will through you, and two, to express his actions through you. That's what he's saying here, because all the believers that have accepted Jesus across the globe, this spiritual body comprises the body of Christ or the overall church. Not just one location, not just one denomination, but all who are genuinely in Jesus and born again are a part of the church, are part of the body of Christ doing the work of the kingdom, continuing the work of Jesus while he's in heaven, and we're still down here on earth operating by his spirit. So God wants to will and to do through you, and God's will is expressed through his word. So God wants to reveal his word through you. He wants to reveal his wisdom through you. That's why he sent us into the world by his spirit with the good news in order to do that. But then he also wants to act through us, which is crazy to think about. That's why it talks about such a high level of reverence. He's trying to develop in you a longing and an ability. He wants you to have, one, a desire for the work, and two, an ability to complete that work at a satisfactory level, at the level he's requesting of you. So even though the Bible requires of Christians to do amazing things and says we're capable of amazing things, it really isn't a stretch of the imagination. It's because he will develop in you even the ability to do it, along with the desire to want to do it. So he gives you both pieces that you need. And again, I love the Amplified of it. It's a longing and an ability. Or he wants to desire through you, act through you. So God is at work in you in order to work through you. I hope you're starting to understand and kind of grasp some of the process at work here, the development that he's doing in order to have an impact in this world. And why do I say it relates to prayers? Because if you're like me, maybe you've prayed this before in a variety of different ways. You want to see some kind of move or act of God in the community around you, maybe in your family, in your church, in your city, etc. Right? Maybe in church all the time, every weekend, we're praying, praying, praying for God to be at work to, you know, bring a revival to the city, increase our church attendance, you know, be have a positive impact, etc. And Sometimes we're looking to say, God, where's your, we've been praying for this over and over, and we don't really see your hand at work. Things continue as usual. Maybe things get worse as this world gets worse. And it, it's caused the question in me before, what is exactly going on, God, when we're praying for this and we don't see the results? But then the revelation came by this portion of Philippians, knowing that God works first in you, as it says here, in order to work through you, and then it comes to a third piece. Those are both very effective and relevant, but it's even a third piece it moves to. We'll continue there in Philippians. So he works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now verses 14, 15, and 16, it says, Now do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. So just pulling a couple points out of those three verses, he says God is doing a work in you in order to work through you for the ultimate purpose of doing a work in the world around you. He says here, I'm going to place you in the midst, right in the middle of a dark, a crooked and perverse generation. You know, you wonder why maybe you see evil and things happening even right around you. And God, why am I here? Why is this happening? He put you there to be the light for that dark situation, for that dark generation. 
So again, it relates to prayers in that maybe we're praying for something amazing to happen in our community, but we don't see the move of God yet. What we don't know is that God's already answered, but we were ignorant of the process of how he gets to that point of impacting our community. So we don't see the result, quote unquote, based on our definition. But then we begin to learn by scripture exactly what he's doing and knowing that every time we prayed that prayer, God was answering it in his own way. We were just ignorant of his way. So when you're praying that prayer, I believe this now, according to scripture, when you're praying that prayer to see an impact in the world around you, whatever environment that may be, know that God will begin to work on your character. Maybe we don't expect that. Lord, impact my community, and he begins to work on your character. So you don't think you see the results at all. Lord, help these people in this situation, and he begins to work on your desire and your ability. And you don't see the situation change because you forget, and you didn't know scripture, that at first he's working in you to work through you to impact and change the world around you. That's what he's saying here. He'll develop you to that point where he can make you shine in the midst of that dark generation so that you're the change, you're the answer, you're the miracle by the Holy Spirit in you and the work God has done in you and through you, and there's your answer to prayer. So now when you begin to pray for that, understand that God will work through his believers, through his body of Christ that is there. He'll begin to work through the Jesus that is there, us who is his body, responding to Christ who is our head and our leader. So this is very important. Understand the process. Be ready to be changed, improved, developed by his working in you. Do so with the highest level of reverence, knowing that he himself, I picture he himself has hands in you doing the work to prepare you for amazing things that will change the world around you. So God hasn't failed to answer that prayer for you. He's actually answered it every time, but he's answered it by beginning a work in you. So he's working us, and he wants us to be blameless and harmless. He wants us to be a high level of his representation, of his glory here in the earth now. He wants you to be without fault. He doesn't want you to be guilty of things according to his law. He wants you to be walking in the righteousness of Christ that you receive by faith. So that takes a work in us. He wants you to be a pure, strong light in the midst of a dark generation. That's when you'll have the impact and bring the change. So in, in, there in verse 16, he says, holding fast the word of life. He says, you shine as lights in the world. And your key responsibility, as we already know, take the gospel to the world. He says, you hold fast, you hold out the word of life. Meaning you're in the midst of this generation to extend to them the word of God, to show them the things of God. So when God's building and developing you, when you want to know how to reverently submit to him and his plan, he's going to do it through scripture. He's going to do it through his word and time alone with the Holy Spirit to develop you to that point. So don't give up on that prayer. Continue to pray it. But then through the word and time with him, submit to the process of being developed and changed because the answer you're looking for, God might be growing in you for you to be that change. Now, still there in Philippians, a verse to end with is in Philippians 1.6, very confident, uh, sorry, confident, I was already reading it, a very well-known verse. And he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he says, God will not stop his work in you. He's going to bring it to a completion. He's going to bring it to a fulfillment and use you in a mighty way. You just haven't gone through the process yet. And why I think that verse is important as well is because you could have been following God faithfully before, being developed as a child of God and a Christian, but maybe you stopped even years ago. That isn't lost time. Maybe you haven't been doing anything before then, but God can get you back up to speed. And what I mean is the work that he did in you previously is not lost work. He started that work. He will finish it. 
it's really up to his responsibility. You have to be willing. You have to cooperate. He's not going to force you to go through this development. But know that if you trust him and submit to his process, he's the one really doing the work in you. And if he starts the work, he's going to finish it. He's going to bring that fulfillment that you're looking for, and your purpose will become very clear. If you don't know your purpose yet, that's fine. Your individual purpose, why you're here, don't worry about that yet. Just submit to the process. Let God begin to work in you. Then you'll see him through you. Then you'll see his impact around you. So I hope you receive a blessing from this reading. Continue to study upon the topic. Use it and apply it. And thank you for listening, and I look forward to studying again with you very soon.